This week I read a news report from a Catholic news agency that the words of absolution, not the, the words of absolution itself, but the whole prayer of the absolution, is going to be undergoing a minor change next year. And it's one that I, I thought interesting as I thought of uh, uh, fathers uh, Tanner and, and Josh as they just get to know, the, know it and then we change it. But it's, it's a subtle change. It's one that you might not even catch. And it has to do with today, or uh, we, we hear the words in today's second reading, how the love of God is poured out in the Spirit. And so it will be that instead of sent the Holy Spirit among us for the forgiveness of sins, is poured out the Holy Spirit. And I, I like that image a, a, a lot more because it, it's this generosity, this pouring out, and not, not just a it's not that God doesn't send the Spirit where He wants, but the Spirit just goes wherever the Spirit goes. Not just to one place, but to all places. Poured out. Spilled over. And we might look at that, or we might, might look at, and I keep mentioning it, but the, uh, the change that we had in the, the celebration of the Mass with certain words, the Lord be with you and with your Spirit, or the, the change in the creed itself, consubstantial instead of one in being with. And we might say, oh, those are only minor, minor things. And while it might seem minor, they really aren't. Because if we don't have the proper words, then we're in trouble. And we want to have proper words, and we want to have words that, that help us to explain our faith. Because if we don't have the words to explain our faith, how can we ever live our faith. And if we can't live our faith, how do we seek eternity? So those words help us. And we remember, and I've, I've pointed this out a number of times, and it's one of my favorite things to ponder. I use that word purposely, but it's uh, these words, especially of the creed, how at the Council of Nicaea, they were so adamant about these words that fights broke out. And, and yes, it's a pious legend, but it's a legend I like to think about frequently of how St. Nicholas got so offended at the heretic Arius, he got up and punched him in the nose. Because Arius denied the divinity of Christ. And the creed that resulted from those discussions is a creed that we will pronounce in a little bit. That we believe in one God, Father Almighty. We believe in Jesus Christ, begotten, not made, consubstantial with, and we believe in the Holy Spirit. As we gather on this Trinity Sunday, we call to mind this reality, this doctrine of the Trinity, of three persons united in one substance, and that's all fine and good, and, and we, we, we know that it is ultimately a mystery, something we cannot fully understand, something that's hidden from our view, not mystery in the modern sense of... of uh, uh, Sherlock Holmes, or, or uh, I can't even think of the other, the French guy who goes around and solving mysteries and, and all those things, uh, Perot. Uh, uh, but uh, these, the mystery that we talk about in the church is a mystery that is not for us to understand because our human intellect cannot understand, but rather it is revealed to us. The mystery of our redemption, the mystery of the Trinity, the mystery of the Eucharist, the mystery, perhaps, of God's love for us that we cannot intellectually understand, 
but is revealed. And while we do have the doctrine of the Holy Trinity, as, as already said, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit perfectly united in one substance, one existence, one being, three persons, we can, we can do more. And it's not just that we celebrate the doctrine this day. Because I don't know about you, but doctrines, I, I love doctrines and, and I, I love studying them and all those things, but when it comes down to it, it means nothing. The doctrines are to help us to understand the persons, to understand God. And as already said, it's a mystery, and St. Thomas Aquinas reminds us, if we think we've got God all understood, this is a paraphrase, of course, if we think we have get to that point where we understand God and his fullness, we certainly do not have God. We have something very much less than God. God cannot be fully, completely understood. And reminds me of a story in St. Augustine uh, spent his life trying, not only writing, he was a prolific writer and homilist and preacher and all those things, but tried to help us to understand who the Trinity was and found himself pondering and pondering and pondering this mystery. And one day he was walking along the shore and there was a little boy there and he watched this little boy as he's walking and this little boy had dug a hole in the sand and he was running to the ocean and grabbing a pail of water and pouring it into the hole and going back and getting more water and pouring it into the hole and as St. Augustine got closer, he said, little boy, what are you doing? I'm trying to put the ocean in this hole. Well, you're never going to be able to do that. The ocean is almost infinite. It's no more impossible than you trying to understand the Trinity. We cannot understand the Trinity, but we ponder it. And as already said, I use that word purposely because it's the same word that is used for how the Blessed Mother pondered all those things that had been experienced, she had experienced in the nativity. That word in Greek is symbolon. Those that are familiar with uh, modern Catholic media might recognize that it's the name of a, a video series, the symbolon series, that was put out to ex help us to ex explain our creed, what we believe as Catholics. Because the word symbolon, or symbol, is used to define the creed, or describe the creed. In fact, in some places, it's called the symbol of faith, symbolon. That the church fathers gathered and they pondered, what is this, this trinity? Who, who is this God that's been revealed to us by Jesus Christ? This God that we hear in this gospel passage, this God that, that Jesus Christ, you cannot bear to receive it all now, but the Spirit will reveal it to you. They pondered, and they pondered. And uh, I should back up, the word symbolon literally means to throw together with. So they put all these things, all those ponderings together, and they told us, this is what we believe about God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And yet we have people that try to give us all sorts of analogies, and this is St. Augustine had one with memory, intellect, and will, and uh, uh, we perhaps are known maybe the most famous one of 
St. Patrick with the shamrock and all these things, and there's symbol of the egg and all these things. The problem with analogies is every single one of them fails because God is beyond analogy. And when it comes down to it, too many of them come so close to heresy. The sun is not a part of God, like a leaf of a shamrock. The sun is God. The Father is God. The Spirit is God. Yet they're all, there's one God, yet there's three persons. And further, it's not just how God reveals himself to us. There, there was a particular heresy that said in the Old Testament, God revealed himself as father and a warlike father almost. In the, in the Gospels, it, God reveals himself as son, loving and compassionate. And in the Acts of the Apostles, and from that point on, God is revealed as spirit. There's some in uh, modern day, uh, in, in this country, that believe this. That God has revealed himself three separate ways, but they're not really, it's just one, one God, one person who reveals himself three separate ways. Well, that's dangerous. And there's others that say, and it's one of my pet uh, peeves, because of this, this language thing, we, we're trying to avoid gender, and at the same time, we're, we're, you know, all these things, we're all messed up when it comes down to gender, but we can't call God Father, Son, and Holy Spirit because there's people that have bad relationships with their fathers, to which I respond, yeah, tell me about it. I have a bad relationship with my father, and yet I know that my father is not the judge of God, but God is the judge of him. That God is the standard that we should hold fathers to. And I know next week is Father's Day, but God is the standard. And we do not cease to call God Father, Son, and Holy Spirit because we're trying to avoid that whole language. And certainly we should not call and reduce God to creator, redeemer, sanctifier. It's fine once in a while in our prayer, in our private prayer perhaps, because this is what God does for us. But that's the problem. It's what God does for us, not who God is. Yes, I've been configured to Christ to be a priest, but I'm not a pastor. I serve as a pastor. I'm more than what I do. You are more than what you do. You're more than far farmers and lawyers and nurses and, and doctors and, and uh, shopkeepers and all these things. You're more than students and children. You're more than what you do. God is more than creator, redeemer, sanctifier. Furthermore, and I'll just use those three as an example, where one person of the Trinity is at work, all three are at work because they're perfectly united. All three work in their own way, though. So consider a creation. We hear it. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the world was a formless mass, and the Spirit hovered over the waters, and God spoke and said, so we have God the Father, we have the Spirit hovering over the waters, and the word of God that was spoken. All three present, hidden, but all three present. And redemption, of course, is the death of Jesus Christ. Jesus is, of course, the one who redeems us, who suffers on the cross for us, but he's offering himself to the Father for our redemption. 
through the Holy Spirit, all three at work, each in their own way. And then we have sanctification. It's the Father's will that we would be sanctified, the Son's sacrifice on the cross that makes sanctification possible, and the Spirit that dwells in us, that's been poured out in us, that sanctifies us. All three, each in his own way. It's a mystery to be pondered that we put our thoughts into this and we worship God for who he is, not just for what he does for us, but who he is. We celebrate not a doctrine this day, but the ponderings of our hearts where God reveals himself as three persons perfectly united and reveals not only that, but because we are created in the image and likeness of God, our own destiny, that we are created for community, we're created for love, and that while in this world we cannot begin to understand, in the next world we will have eternity to ponder the beatific vision of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That means so much more to me than it ever did, I have to admit, to ponder the beatific vision for all eternity, that not even in eternity will we completely understand who God is, but we will see him as he is and worship him forever.